Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. What is critical, crucial, and definitely an essential in order to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven? Is it just one verse that we've asked Jesus to come into our heart? Or, in a Pentecostal area, is it just being born of the water and the spirit? Thereafter we repent, being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. That is born of the water. And then receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. Do we have to go on? What does Jesus expect? We find in Ephesians 4 that there is a work of the ministry. It is the work of the kingdom of God that will be preached in all the world for witness in all nations. And then the end will come. But what is that and what Jesus are we preaching? Jesus the man? Jesus the spirit? Jesus that is the father? What do we preach? Well, the kingdom of God is not only the person, but also the work of the Lord Jesus. If we know him, we not only know that in his person he is the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, the singular person. There's only one person in the Godhead, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the Father revealed. But we are to grow up into him in all things, who is the head. As we read, you'll see here that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Now, not just having one verse or uh, being born again as newborn babes, desire the insincere mark of the word they may grow thereby but to grow up into him in all things and that's all true and Jesus after they had walked with him for three and a half years going to Jerusalem there he's going to be crucified he turns to his disciples and said uh, uh, yet there is more there's things that I need to tell you but you're not able to bear them now there are more things than you've walked with Jesus for three and a half years. You know that he is God Almighty. You know the Son of God is Christ that should come into the world. He is the everlasting Father, the mighty God, that he is the wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, you understand that. And still, yet there's more things, many things, that Jesus said, I need to tell you, but you're not able to bear them now. But when the comfort of the Holy Ghost has come, He'll speak of me. For all that the Father has given is given unto me. Therefore, I said he would speak of me and show you things which will come to pass. We find that in the trumpet voice of Jesus in Revelation 4.1. Now, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things. Those are the things of faith. The faith that was once delivered to the saints is what the we, the body of Christ, are to be earnestly contending for that faith that was once delivered to the saints. That faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. The things which are seen are temporal, temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. Those things are as what, it, what Jesus mentioned to his disciples as he was going to Jerusalem. I have many Yet I have many things yet to tell you. But you're not able to bear them now. It's a different season. 
we're not ready for it yet. And Paul talked about even in the Pentecostal realm that he was not perfect yet. Now, we know that God has provided some better thing for us. That is the body of Christ in the last days. That they without us shall not be made perfect. All the Old Testament thanks died having never received the promise. We see that in Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. But we also see that even though we have the kingdom of God now, Christ in us, the hope of glory, there's still a growth that is essential for the body of Christ in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And that's what Jesus was stating. In the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him, to show unto his servants, the ones that serve God, not Israel after the flesh, but the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the elect. Show them things which must shortly come to pass. Sentence signified it by his angel unto John. That signified is the sign. It is the seal. It's an engraving. And the engraving is within the veil, not in Pentecost, not in the sanctuary where we had the candlestick and the tables of shewbread, ten tables of shewbread, ten candlesticks. But within the veil, we find there in Solomon's temple, three levels, the first level being that season of Passover. That's the first, that truth that we receive, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Christ, our Passover sacrifice for us, buried, unleavened bread, no leaven in him, and then raised the first fruits from the dead, the first begotten from the dead, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the first season. Then we go into that second season. We go into that second floor. And that is Pentecost. And going in there, in the outer court, we go into the uh, sanctuary. And now in Solomon's temple, we see that there are 10 golden candlesticks, 10 tables of shoe bread, 10 be the responsibility of man. The burden is upon us. No one can say the burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord. The Lord hath commanded that anyone that says the burden of the Lord should be cut off. The burden's on us. He has given us all things uh, in faith to come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ for a church that he will receive without spot, without blemish, perfect in all of her ways in the image of Jesus Christ, literally presenting to himself a perfect image of himself, the church that has made herself ready. To these things we have to receive. If we do not receive the things, the things of faith, that faith that was once delivered to the saints, then we do not have the right to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, it requires sufferings. We're not only believe, uh, to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. And the suffering is essential for the crucifying of the flesh with the affections and the lust, in order that we cease from our own labors to do the will of God. And most understand that. Because Jesus said, any man come after me, let him first deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. We must do the will of God. But it's not just a general will and general faith. 
because then we have an individual calling members in particular, but they each have a different ministration. Not all are called to be apostles. Not all are called to be prophets or teachers or workers of miracles or governments or helps. But everyone is called according to God's purpose, our Lord Jesus' purpose. And the quest for life is to find out what that will of God is and do it. That's the reason. We are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in us both the will and to do. Somebody said, why would you fear? Why would you tremble? Well, because it is eternity. That is an eternal consequence whether or not we do the will of God or not. That bears an eternal consequence. Not was this something that we missed it for a while and we're going to have to serve time. Before we do the will of God, we get a second chance. We don't get a second chance. This is it. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. There's not another second chance. So, fear and trembling is we reverence the Lord and seek his will, diligently seeking his will. And by doing so, in the word of God, eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood, the daily bread, then we grow up in him in all things. But what is the will of God for each individual member? It's not general faith, for Jesus has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Whatever God has called you to do, each of us to do, he has dealt to each member the measure of faith in enabling us to do it. So it's not in... Uh, uh, an unrighteous demand. It is our reasonable service. Serving God in whatever capacity he has called each individual member in particular to do. Now to know that, first of all, the newborn babes, they're unskillful in this word of righteousness. Hebrews 5, we don't know what it is. It's a word of righteousness. That word of righteousness is where we grow up in him in all things and do the will of God. They're newborn babes. They do not know. So they desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. Got to grow. But then that's not only what is called for us to do. That after we have grown and then we come off the milk, then we go to little children. Little children, we know that John in his epistle, 1 John 2, 12 through 14, says, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. They've been born again of the water and the spirit. They've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ after they repented and have received the Holy Ghost. Their sins are remitted for his name's sake. And... There's a higher level there. They've known the Father. John 8, Jesus said, you know me, you should have known the Father. You should have known my Father also. John 14, Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And how sayest thou then? Show us the Father. Have I been so long time with you, and hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then? Show us the Father. The words that I speak are not mine. 
the Father that dwelleth in thee. He's the one that doeth the works. That dwelleth is katecheo. It's a Greek word meaning to house permanently, forever. Eternal world without end. And Jesus said the works that he did was not of his own self, that it was the Father that houses permanently in him doing the works. That is healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loosing the dumb tongue, the lame walk, the captive going free. Who did it? The Father, the Spirit of God. And Jesus said, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, know ye the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. That's the kingdom of God. That is the power of God unto salvation. Not in just word and tongue, but in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. It's not just to know Jesus after the Spirit and not after the flesh, but also to do His will and God then to confirm His word in and through you. And what is that call? Well, there's an individual ministration, an individual call. So now the little children, well, they know that Jesus is the Father. But now we're going to get into doing the will of God. We go into young men. Now we've gone from newborn babes to little children. Now we're going into young men. Now the young men are overcomers because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. You're doing the will of God. Now you might not know the work of God in the last days. You haven't had the apocalyptic sealing in Revelation 7 yet. It still abides there for you and still remains for you to be obtained through obedience unto righteousness. But you're well on your way. You've added to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. The godliness is the God life. The God life that we are to live, the life of God, manifest in the flesh, giving glory to him because it's his spirit through us that allows us to do the will and show forth his glory in and through the body of Christ. As we take a look at that God life, the life of God, we see that in Ephesians 4, what we are called for, that we must do and able to enter into the kingdom of heaven and do the will of God and not hear the frightful words, I never knew you, depart from me, you that work iniquity, for I never knew you. Well, iniquity is lawlessness by not being led of the Spirit of God and doing the will of God. We do the will of God by simply reading and seeking God diligently to do His will. To work out our own salvation with fear and trembling is to seek God diligently in eating His flesh and drinking His blood, which is the, the blood in the New Testament given for you, and in the volume of the book, it's written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body that has prepared me. That's from Genesis to Revelation. So as we read the word of God, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, New Testament, the Old Testament revealed, but it's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's all him in the volume of the book. It's written of him, Jesus alone. And what is the will of God? How do we know it? Well, we must know and learn the voice of Jesus. Now, not as newborn babes were unskillful in that word of righteousness. Hebrews 5, Paul states that. But then little children, we get to know. My sheep know my voice, a stranger they will not follow. To know the voice of God. Then we find that in Romans 12, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And here we go. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. We can't just be a newborn babe. We can't be just a little child. We have to be an overcomer. The word of God is strong in us, and that's the only way we become an overcomer and do his will. Not transformed, not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. Why? That we may prove. The only way to prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God for each of us is. And God reveals it through his word and speaks to us and we get to know his voice. And knowing the voice of God is as a trumpet call. You can't miss it. The church, the worldly church, uses everything but a trumpet. Now, trumpet will call to reproof, rebuke, and correction. Many don't like that. It upsets them in the spirit. They do not like to have their conscience uh, literally upset to do the will of God unto perfection. So they view them out, cisterns that can hold no water. They use a cornet. The worldly church in Daniel 3, verse 5, 10, and 15, three times, lists six instruments that they use for music for the beast, the image. It never hits the mark because it does not have the trumpet. How long will you make me hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war, warfare? We're in this battle of faith. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Therefore, there's laid up a crown for me. And not only for me, but for all those that love is appearing, there's a crown of life. But what is this? What is this particular call that we are to do? And if we don't do, we hear the frightful words, depart from me, for you did not do the will of God. You didn't do it. Because it's not general faith. I read the word of God, but then I seek him for his particular will in each individual's life. And that's what we're going to see in Ephesians 4. How do we know we're going to hit the mark? Paul said, I'm not perfect yet. I'm in the Pentecostal realm. We're in the sanctuary, but there still remains going uh, there in the last season of God where we do the will of God unto perfection, to the, to the perfecting of the saints. Paul said, I'm trying to apprehend that which I'm apprehended of Christ. That, that is that spirit. The Lord is that spirit. He's trying to apprehend that which he's apprehended of Christ Jesus. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth to those things which are before. In other words, the things of faith in the proceeding word of God in present truth. Walking in the light as he's in the light, reaching for those things of faith, the now faith, present faith, present proceeding word of God. And man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, which is progressive into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and the body of Christ is perfected. The last Gentile comes in and then he turns a focus upon the nation Israel and the coming of the Lord. The second advent, when he comes, descends from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. But the church world does not realize that, when I say church world, I mean the, the worldly church. 
the general church in the world that thinks, well, I'm saved, sanctified on my way to heaven. I don't have to find the will of God because it's, it's generally known that if you just believe in Jesus, you're going to make heaven. Not realizing there is the God life that must be performed. The life of God. Godliness. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. It's a mystery. The God life. Well, you have to add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Then temperance. Those that strive for the mastery must be temperate in all things. Then after you've done the will of God, you have need of patience. That if you've done the will of God, you receive a full reward. But let's patience have a perfect work. And then the godliness, the God life. And without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness, for God was manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 Justified in the Spirit. Seen of angels. Preaching to the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. Received up into glory. That Christ, God himself, has always been Jesus Christ, always will be Jesus Christ, God Almighty, made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, fashioned as a man, he humbled himself into the death, the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, we believe in the name of the Son of God, Jesus, Jehovah, is salvation. Not Jehovah Jr., not a second person of the Godhead. God himself is salvation. The Lord, our Redeemer, God, our Savior, that is the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he, God said. The Lord is that man. Isaiah 43.10. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. But what does that mean to us? How do we enter into the kingdom of heaven and know that we're going to make it? Well, by doing the will of God, our individual will of God. But most don't understand that because it's never been preached that we must find the will of God and do it. A particular will of God. For God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. That's taught of the pulpit by most churches and denominations. That's general faith for everybody. No. It's a faith that Jesus has dealt to you individually where you will understand and do his will for your individual life. Whether it be apostle, prophet, teachers, workers of miracles, governments, helps, whatever, but you are called. Each individual member it's called for a particular ministry, ministration in the body of Christ, and it's not being taught. So what do we do? Well, we look out of the book, search out of the book and read. Not one of these things will fail, and those things are the things of faith. But it's now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is not a general faith, because God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, but let him minister according to the ability that God giveth. And it's not all the same for each member. God has put the more abundant honor on the less comely parts that there'd be no chism or division in the body. Thou I can't say the foot, I have no need of thee. For God has put that more abundant honor on the less comely parts. God is no respecter of person, but the body is fitly framed together. Now let's take a look 
reading from Ephesians 4, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints, we have to come unto perfection to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And he goes on and says, for the work of the ministry, there is a final work in the gospel of the kingdom being preached unto all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. We must be accounted worthy of that to enter into the kingdom of heaven. This is for our faith that groweth exceedingly in the charity of every one, abounding one toward another. We're bound to thank God for you, Paul said, and all your persecution and tribulation that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that we might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which we also suffer. So the greater call you have on life, the greater sufferings you're going to have. Because whatever the measure of glory that the Lord will reveal in and through you for his namesake will also have a cross commensurate with that suffering. So if you are partaker of the sufferings of Christ, you will also be a partaker of the consolation. If you suffer with him, you will reign with him. And there's a balancing of the clouds. And the clouds and comes in, the rain and storms and beat against the house. And uh, that comes in, sometimes as a flood and evil comes in like a flood, but God will always raise up a standard against it. And there's a balancing of the cloud that he will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able. And there's no temptation taking you such as is common to man. But God will, with the temptation, make a way to escape or a way for you to bear it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Now, that is for the call of God upon your life. And we have ceased from sin through these sufferings. We see that in 1 Peter 4, 1. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. We are to be likewise minded. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. No more doing our own works, our own will, but the will of God, ceasing from our own labors. So Paul said that I'm not perfect yet. I haven't attained, but I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ. The Lord working in me, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. And I forget those things which are behind. I'm reaching forth to those things which are before. I want to be a new wine with new wine in a new wine skin so that I will be preserved. Not being found, having my own righteousness, which is all the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. In the current, now faith that was once delivered to the saints. And he said, uh, Therefore, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We're to be pressing toward that mark, but very few are. Why? Because we don't understand that there's a ministry call on each individual member in the body of Christ. Somebody said, well, I'm not called to preach. Well, yes, we are. We're to be a living, an epistle. We're a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. We're a holy nation. We're a royal priesthood. Our lives are set forth as a light to the world. And that may be not with orating behind a pulpit, but your life and your actions speak. 
your life for God. It's a God life. It's the life of God manifest in it through the body of Christ called godliness. That's the God life. It's a little G-O-D. That little G-O-D-L-I-N-E-S-S, godliness, is the God life. And there's a mystery there. And the mystery is that he's already done it. He's fulfilled it and then gives us of his spirit to fulfill his will and give us the power that is greater within us than he that's in the world so we can overcome all the world. It's just that simple. So if we obey God, simply diligently seeking him and doing the will of God, we will overcome the world, the devil in our own flesh, and do the will of God. And we'll prove that will of God by being not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We'll prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for each individual member for the body of Christ, for it to be standing up as the man, Christ Jesus, that fills one man, heaven, Jesus the head, and the earth with the body of Christ, making one man, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named that name, Jesus. You took on that name in water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. As many have been baptized into Christ and put on Christ, that's your wedding garment. Now, he said, uh, Paul said, we're pressing toward that mark. That is a tov, not the beginning of the race, not the ABCD, but the Z, overcome to the end. The same shall be saved. So we're pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But he said, don't you know that all run in a race, but only one winneth the prize. That one is one in Christ Jesus. That's the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world for those that have an ear to hear. The mystery of God's will in Ephesians 1 from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus as Jesus prayed in John 17. Father, make them one, even as we are one. That's in the days of Jesus' flesh. Though he be God, he's made himself of no reputation to come under his own law to fulfill it as our kinsman redeemer and redeem us under the law and go back to his former glory as the father. Sit down with the father in his throne. Made both Lord and Christ, Acts 2.36. And we perceive this love of God because he laid down his life for us. First John 3.16. With that said, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And it's he that worketh in us both the willing to do of his good pleasure. Now, the quest for life is to find out, find out what that will of God is and to do it in obedience. And that's what is upon us, the burden of the Lord, not the burden of the Lord, the burden's on us. And that is, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey him or the servants to whom you obey. Now, we don't want to still go as a carnal mind as of members unto sin, unto death, we don't want to do that. We want to crucify the flesh with the effects of the lust and do the will of God. And here, well done, thou good and faithful servant, for you've done the will of God. Be thy ruler over five cities. Be thy ruler over ten cities. And you will be kings and priests unto the Lord your God, and you will reign with him in the earth for the thousand-year millennial reign to those that overcome. Now the quest is, what is the will of God and how do I know it? How do you know the will of God, and how do you know to do it? Well, we have to seek God, and we certainly can't be and stay as newborn babies. We can't stay little children. Even though our sins are forgiven for his name's sake, we know him the Father. We've had the revelation that Jesus is the Father. That's wonderful. 
and still not doing his will. Then we come to young men. Now we begin to do the will of God. Well, the word of God is strong in us. We seek God for our daily bread that the inward man will grow up in him in all things, though the outward man perish. Yet that inward man is renewed day by day through eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood. And whichever one you feed is the one that's going to grow. Either the flesh and quench the spirit or feed the inner man and do the will of the spirit and crucify your flesh. The choice is ours. That is young men. They're the young men. The word of God is strong in them and they've overcome the wicked one. We see that in the revelation of Jesus Christ in the second and third chapter. Now we want to focus on the godlike godliness. Now it's still, have you done the will of God? Then going higher, you've proved yourself unto the Lord that you are obedient. You're called, chosen, and you've proven yourself to be faithful. You're the called, chosen, and faithful. Now he can trust you and endue you with power in Revelation 11 to do his will in this final last day, preaching of the gospel of the kingdom into all the world for witness and all nations. Then the end will come. And we have to be counted worthy of that. And so doing in obedience, the new will of God, he gave us some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. That gets us there. Then we go into what? For the work of the ministry, the ministry of Jesus. That is the ministering the kingdom of God. Not just one verse, but the full kingdom of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory, doing his will and the kingdoms of this world becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. That's a great work. It's a work in judgment. Judgment laid to the line, righteous to the plummet. That is his strange work, bring to pass his act, his strange act. It has surprised the hypocrite. They had no idea that God was going to do this and has purposed it, and his will will be done. But that that is determined will be done. They had no idea. It has surprised the hypocrite. He went to church. He thought everything was fine. He believed what the pastor said, we're going to heaven. He thought he had that checked off. Oh, I've got that taken care of. Now I can just live any way I want to, pay the bills, do whatever, live the pleasure of life, and thank God for it, and that's it. I'm going to heaven. Not realizing there's a godliness, a God life, a life of God to be manifested through his mortal body. Well, we find there that this cause, we find that there is for the work of the ministry we're all called for. Then that work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Edification, to build it up. We're going to see how it's built up. And we'll read a few scriptures here. They're out of the word of God, so we don't miss it. Not going to quote it. I'm going to read it right out of the word of God. And then for the edifying of the body of Christ until the unity of the faith. The unity of the faith is one faith, not a denomination. Many different denominations, but not a unity of the faith, of the faith, the faith that was once delivered to the saints, the knowledge of the Son of God unto perfection. What is that? The knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of the Son of God is not gnosko, a general knowledge of Jesus after the Spirit, knowing after, after the Spirit, not after the flesh, but it's doing the will of God and coming to the measure as an exact image of Jesus Christ for whom he did foreknow 
them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, many sons unto glory. And those that he predestinated, predestined, them he called. Them that he called, he also justified. Justification, of course, by faith, but don't stop there. And then those that he justified, them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. A full image of Jesus, walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus. And that's where you have the final church in glory unto perfection in Revelation 19.10. When John saw it, he was about to bow down and worship this man. If anybody knew Jesus, John did. John the Revelator. John the Apostle. The Gospel according to John. Three epistles and the book of the Revelation. He certainly knew Jesus. He knew the character of Jesus. He knew the attributes of Jesus. He knew Jesus. And he was so sure and confident that this was Jesus because he knows you only worship God and no one else. He was about to bow down and worship this man. And he says, see, thou doest it not. Don't do it. What? John knows that it has the same appearance, the same image, the same character. And yet he's told not to. Well, then who is this? Revelation 19, 10. See, thou doest it not, John. I am of thy fellow servants and thy brethren. That's the church that have the testimony of Jesus. Now, the testimony of Jesus, he gives us worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy. The only way to understand the words of the book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that God gave unto him to show unto his service things uh, which must shortly come to pass, is the book of this prophecy. And to understand the words of the book of this prophecy, is through the spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus, which is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. How do we know that? Because in Revelation 12, it says that this woman, the church, not Mary, not Israel, but the church. And we're going to see that can't can be anyone else than the church. There's a great wonder in heaven. She's made to sit together in heavenly places. And there, a woman clothed with the sun. That's a son of righteousness, arising with healing in his wings. That's a full 365 year. The moon and under her feet, that's a lunation. Those are the seasons of God. She's walked over. These are according to the months. They're the seven feasts of the Lord. She's walked in that in obedience. Then she's now crowned with 12 stars, which is now not only the solar sun, lunar, moon, but the prophetic stars. She has fulfilled the fullness of time has come for her to bring forth. Solar, lunar, and prophetic are now coming to the birth. And she's cried, travailing in pain to be delivered of a man child. God has gotten too strong. The church of the living God that keep the commandments of God. It's a remnant of her seed, not the whole church but the ones that will receive the new thing, the new wine, and make themselves new wineskins, vessels, meat for the master's use. And we find that there is another wonder. 
there's a great red dragon having seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns upon his head. Well, Revelation 12, we find that this dragon goes after to destroy the woman and the remnant of her seed. Many years ago, back in 1990, there the Lord, there after a vision and uh, who was doing preaching and revival, he asked in a personal note to me, will you fight the great red dragon? And I said, yes, Lord, I'll fight the great red dragon even unto death, not realizing what the great red dragon was at that time. We fought the old serpent, the scorpion. We fought the devil, but this is the last day dragon. And it's coming out of the beast, out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. It's the last day onslaught. The devil being cast out of heaven, coming down to the earth, having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. It's the final onslaught of the devil, Satan, against the body of Christ. It's the greatest persecution this world has ever seen. A time of trouble such as never been such it was a nation, neither shall ever be again. That's the dragon. Well, that's what warfare we're in now, all of us in the body of Christ. The good news is we overcome. Well, we go through tribulations. So what? Tribulation work of patience, patience work of experience, experience work of hope. But we have to understand that there is tribulation and persecution for the word's sake. Seeing that you're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him and think it not strange the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Very important. Why are you suffering? That you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Thing is a righteous thing with God to render tribulation to them that have troubled you. Warfare going on. It's a fight of faith. And you're going to fight the good fight of faith and you'll overcome. And by that, you'll be rewarded accordingly. According to your works. Now with that said, what is this God life that we have to do in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven? Exactly what is it? Well, Paul talked about pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As many as be perfect, be thus minded. There's the mind we have to have, the mind of Christ. That this mind being you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, spirit, thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation. We have to condescend to men of low estate, broken, humble, humble, excuse me, and contrite. To this man will the Lord look for. We're to have that same mind. Though he is God, always has been God and always will be God. Jesus made himself of no reputation in a self-imposed limitation, laid aside his glory to become one of us. There's no greater love than that. And took on the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. God himself, the father of glory, manifest in the flesh. That's the mind of humbling himself for our sakes, not because we loved him first, but he first loved us and died for us. And yet, while we were yet sinners, no greater love than that. There, in this 
mind of Christ. This is mind being you. As many as be minded. Stress what? Pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As many as be perfect, be thus minded. And Paul said, if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. How will he reveal it to us? Through judgments. Judgments in the earth. When judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness, that he is God. Righteousness is the revelation of Jesus Christ that comes to you, at which grace is and reigns through righteousness, and grace comes to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul put it in Galatians there, this grace that I've received from, not from man, neither received it of man, but that from above, and said, I've received this grace, that the revelation, not from Jesus, but the revelation of Jesus Christ, the more that we grow up into him in all things. And there was where is faith. Growing up into Jesus in all things is all truth. And faith is the substance of things. So far, the evidence of things not seen in the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And Jesus said, yet I have many things to tell you disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. We're in the last days where these things are now being made manifest to those that have an ear to hear. What are those things? Well, it's the God life. Because after you've added to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, you finally go to godliness, the God life. And without controversy, great is that mystery of godliness. Very few know that they live that God life in the perfect will of God and the purpose that he has only for you to do. No one else can do your ministry, your ministration, except you. And that is so essential for us to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven because Jesus stated, depart from me, you works of iniquity. I never knew you. Why? You did not do the will of God. You didn't do the will of God. You might have known it. Well, these certainly knew God, but Jesus said, not all that's saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in, Matthew 7. In the constitution of the kingdom of heaven and its bylaws, Jesus said, not all that's saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Well, they're little children. They know he's the father. They're calling him Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Lord, Lord. And yet, cannot enter in. They begin to profess unto Jesus. Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. We have cast out devils in your name. We prophesied in your name. And Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Because iniquity will abound, the love of many will wax cold. Iniquity is lawlessness. Though we have the Spirit of God, yet we don't obey it. It's to be carnally minded. Not a natural mind. Natural mind can't understand the things of God. Carnally minded is you have the spirit of God, but we don't obey it. There's, there's divisions in the body, discord, envy, hate, malice, strife in the body of Christ. And these things, somebody said, well, this, that's just natural. No, it's not. Because Paul said to the church at Corinth, are you still not yet carnal? To be carnally minded is death. You have the spirit of God, but without the mind of Christ, you will die. We have to have the mind of Christ. And that's a ceiling of uh, God 
in the servants of God in their foreheads, the mind of Christ, the apocalyptic signaling in Revelation 7. That after we've done the will of God, we have need of patience that we'll receive a full reward. And that is the final sealing of the saints of God, the servants of God in their forehead, the mind of Christ in Revelation 7. Before we get there, we must do and be found faithful in the God life. Notice that he talks about in Ephesians 4, your call unto perfecting of the saints, all of us to be perfected, why? For the work of the ministry. We're all to work in that ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. We're in the body of Christ. It wants to be edified, built up. And he goes on and says, in the unity of the faith, walking in the light as Jesus is in the light. Not just a general, uh, here is our plan of salvation. No, to do the will of God. Not just go to church to say, well, I've been saved, but to do the will of God. Because if we don't do the will of God, we will not be able to enter heaven, the kingdom of heaven. Now, that's kind of radical to some because they've never heard it. But it's very true, and I'd, we would rather hear it now than hear the frightful words uh, thinking we have an identity in Christ and be told, I never knew. You depart from me, you the work of iniquity. There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We don't want to hear that. So we need to hear what the Lord expects. What is a reasonable service? To do the will of God. To have the God life and do his will. Crucifying our own will, crucifying our own flesh, fleshly desires and the lust of flesh and the pride of life. We must take on the mind of Christ, not conform to this world. We have to be transformed, coming out of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And that is doing the will of God. That our lights shine in a wicked and perverse generation. What is this? What is this God life? Now, that's what the purpose of this podcast is. So we're talking about coming into the knowledge of the Son of God. That's perfection. That's not gnosko, just knowing Jesus after the Spirit, not after the flesh. We have the Holy Ghost, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Well, uh, we, we have the Spirit of God. That's knowing him after the Spirit, not after the flesh, because the Lord is that Spirit. However, this is the knowledge of the Son of God, edifying of the body of Christ, then the unity of the faith, present truth, then to the knowledge of the Son of God is epigonosco. Gnosko is just knowing Jesus after the Spirit, having the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Epigonosco is coming to the perfect image of Jesus Christ. Epi, much higher, gnosko, much higher knowledge. To what point? Unto a perfect man. What's a perfect man? Jesus the head and every member in the body of Christ fitly framed together for the will of God to be done. Functioning in perfect harmony. Somebody said, well, that'll be the day. Well, it will be the day. And it will happen through the judgments of God in this world. And uh, the body of Christ will come together in the unity of the faith into the knowledge of the Son of God, into a perfect man, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, what is this God life? What is this life of God that he expects to live through us, Christ in us, glorifying him, not us, but him? As we read, this is Ephesians 4, that he says, verse 14, 
we come up to a perfect man, to that measure of the stature of that fullness of Christ in the body. Verse 14, Ephesians 4, verse 14, that we henceforth, we've come unto perfection, be no more children. Well, children, they've known that Jesus is the Father. Their sins are forgiven for his name's sake, but not anymore children. We're coming to full-grown men, weaned from the milk in a full age, having our senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. We're experienced in the word of reconciliation, the word of righteousness. Coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus unto perfection. We're not no more children tossed to and fro. Children tossed to and fro. They're not established in Christ yet. They don't know the will of God explicitly what they are to do in the body of Christ. Still searching for it, hopefully diligently, but we're not carried about and be not carried about with every wind of doctrine, the doctrine of Christ. And if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. Second John 9. By the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Many will come in Jesus' name and shall deceive many. Many false prophets enter into the world. First John 4, 1. But what are we to do? Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. Those are the things of faith that Jesus told his disciples. I have many, yet many things to tell you. You've been with me three and a half years. He's going to the cross. He's going to Jerusalem. They're to be crucified. The perfect spotless, blameless lamb of God. And yet says, I have many things to tell you. And now he says in him, the final growth of the body of Christ unto perfection to the measure of the statue of Jesus and a perfect image of Jesus is to grow up into him in all things, all truth. The Holy Ghost leading us and guiding us into all truth. And you know all things, and you know all truth, and no lies of the truth. What is it? The doctrine of Christ. And who is a liar? But he that denies that Jesus is the Christ, that is every office of the Spirit. He's the Father. He's the Word. He's the Holy Ghost. He is Jehovah Lord, God Almighty, and all the titles, all the attributes. He's Elohim. He's El Shaddai. He is the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. He is the Son of God. He is the Son of Man. Christ is all the offices. And that Christ is Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jehovah's salvation, God manifest in the flesh. In every office is Christ. It's him working in in and of himself, salvation for us. God himself. Christ is that God. Christ is the Son of God, the redemption office of the Spirit. Christ is the Son of Man, the kingdom office of the Spirit. Christ is the Father, administrative office of the same Spirit. Christ is the Word. He is the expression office of that Spirit. Christ is the Holy Ghost. He is that power office of that Spirit. Christ is all the attributes of God. Every one of the Jehovah titles, uh, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Jadishkinu, the Lord of Met- Jehovah Maskasadim, Jehovah Rafika, of Jehovah Shalom, every title of Jehovah, Christ is. And who's a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist. 
you're coming against something that is in lieu of this truth of Christ. He's Antichrist. That hath denied the Father. There's a mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, and that is Jesus, which is in him or hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, the Father hid. But Jesus said, now, I won't speak unto you Proverbs, John 16. I'll show you plainly of the Father, in which he did. And he said, I will no more. You ask in my name, and I will no more pray the Father for you. For all the Father's given is given unto me. He's loved me and given all things to me, all power in heaven and earth. The man Christ Jesus made a quickening spirit. Somebody said, well, I just thought he was a flesh and bone man. Now, that's what he did for us. For Revelation 3.21, the him that overcometh, I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's where I made a place for you. Well, where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame. And what, set at the right time of God? No. And even as I overcame, and I'm set, S-E-T, not S-I-T, set positionally, S-E-T, a formal Subtle state of glory always has been God, always will be God. Set S E T down with my Father in His throne, not around it, not beside it, in it. He's that quickening spirit, not a quick quickening spirit man. He's the quickening spirit. First Corinthians fifteen forty five. He is a blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent. First Timothy six fifteen and sixteen. He is the only one that hath immortality. Jesus only. That's God, which no man entering into the light, which no man can enter into except Jesus himself. He's God. He's the only God, the only true God in eternal life. There's not another. So he said, we'll be like Jesus. We'll be adopted sons and daughters. You will not be God because he stated there for in Isaiah 43, 10, thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the invisible spirit of God and my servant whom I have chosen. That's a servant. He took on him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, found in fashion as a man. God found in fashion as a man. Well, who is that? Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand I am he. He wants us to understand the Godhead. He's God. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. See, now that I am God, thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. There's not another, never will be. Before me, there's no God for him, neither shall be after me. Well, then what is the will of God for each of our lives that we have to find out in particular will of God for each member? And that's what we're going into here. He says here that we're to grow up him in all things. No more children. Got to come up through young men and ultimately fathers, full grown. They not talk about the outward man, but the inward man, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And he says uh, that to grow up in, in all things, which is the head, even Christ. He's the head. We're the body of the Christ making but one man. That's what John saw in Revelation 19.10 that have the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Watch what it says. Verse 16, this is Ephesians 4, 16, for whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted, compacted together by the fire, tempered mortar, that not just a sardius stone and an onyx stone, but a sardonic, 
because it's been through the fire, melts us into one. Through tempered mortar, not building the wall of salvation with untempered mortar that hadn't been through the fire. But that's the fire of the Holy Ghost brings us into one, compacted by that which every joint supplies. Well, what does God do? He takes the, the bones and compacts it together to which every joint, where we join one another, he compacts that together in which every joint supplies for what? Then he goes on, by that which every joint working, every joint supplies. It's the joint supply, but who's, who's compacting it? God is compacting it. For whichever joint supplies, what to edifying unto the effectual working in the measure of every part. Now, the measure of every part, that means God has dealt to every man the measure of faith for that body to come together fitly framed together and compacted through the joint, whichever joint supplies to edifying itself in love. Well, that the compacting is done by the Holy Ghost, God himself, pushing and pressing us toward the mark for the prize, pressing toward that mark for the prize, whichever joint supplies. And it says for every, the measure of every part. So that means every measure, every part, members of the body of Christ in particular, in part, Make it. It makes increase of the body, the whole body, into the edifying of itself in love. Why? Because you have love for the brother. And how do we know we've been passed from death unto life in the kingdom of his dear son? Because we have love for the brother. And a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Love the brother. Love unfeigned. Brotherly love. Let it continue. Well, that brotherly love, which whoever joint supplies to that find himself, self in love, but through the measure, each measure of every part. And God's what compacts it together. And the love, there's what edifies, builds up that body together in one, in one man, Christ Jesus ahead, and we, the body, each individual member in the body of Christ doing its own particular will. So I don't envy an apostle or prophet or whatever the case is, or or envy a member that is the foot or whatever the case is that's called for in the member of the body of Christ. Some will be used for sending forth the body of Christ, God blessed financially, getting it through them, getting it to them to get through it for measure of that faith of the body of Christ to go forward. How should they go except they be sent? They send them. Well, not all is called to be an apostle, a prophet, but God has put it in each member in part, the metron of faith or measure of faith of each, each part and that measure in each part to the edifying of itself and love for the body of Christ to come forward. That means that each individual member of the body of Christ has to do their part. Or it will not function as one body. Where one cry, we all cry. One weep, we all weep. One glories, we all glory. We speak the same things in one mind and one accord. And that's what God is doing now. Not through denominations, but through the body of Christ, through the Holy Ghost. Watch what he says here now. This I say, Paul said, and testify in the Lord 
that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. Don't walk like the world. Don't be conformed to this world. In the vanity of their mind, they're trying to get ahead. Look out for number one. Whosoever has the gold makes their own rules. A man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses. That's a worldly thinking. What is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So what does he say? Verse 18, having the understanding, having the understanding darkened. The world doesn't understand. Their understanding is darkened, the worldly way. Being alienated from what? The life of God, the God life. They're alienated from it. They don't know that they are to have godliness the God life, not because of anything they've done, but to the glory of God, for he was manifest in the flesh. He was justifying the spirit. He was seen of angels. He's, he was preaching to the Gentiles, preaching to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. It's all the work of God that he did. The forerunner now has entered in and given us his spirit to do the same thing, to overcome the world, the devil in, the, in our own flesh but they are ignorant of it. Their understanding is darkened. The world doesn't understand the God life, the life of God, godliness. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. What do they do? It is the life of God. How do we get it? Through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. The prince of this world has blinded their eyes. The God of this, the God of this world has blinded their eyes who being past feeling the world has given themselves over unto lasciviousness, unlawful deeds that they do to work all uncleanness with greediness. But to learn Christ, it's Christ working together effectually in every member in the body of Christ. And this is what he says, but you have not so learned Christ. You haven't learned it yet. If so be that you have heard him, that's a voice of God and have been taught by him, the leading of God, at the truth is in Jesus. For you put off the former conversation, what you did in the world. You put off the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. And the world passes away, the lust thereof. But whosoever doeth the will of God abideth forever, but we must do the will of God. And we must be renewed in the spirit of, and that spirit is a small s. It's a spirit of our mind. That you put off, you put off that old man and put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Crucifying the flesh with affection of the love. That's the God life. That's the mystery of godliness. Wherefore, we're putting away lying. Speak every man true for his neighbor, for we are members one of another. That's a body edifying itself. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun God go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil, but let him the stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but to that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Grieve not the Holy Spirit, of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. That after you have received the word of God, 
after you've received it, obeyed it, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until you receive the promised possession. But there's growth states. Not being no more children now, but grow up to him in all things, go to young men, and ultimately, fathers knowing the work of God and obedience to carry it out. The eyes open before and behind the eyes of revelation. That's where we are now. So what do we do? We have to find the will of God for each individual life. And he says there in Matthew 7 that we, even though we know he's the Lord, the Father of glory, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, not all that say to him, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in because we didn't do the will of God. That's not a general will. It's finally the will of God for whatever the measure of faith that's been dealt to us to do and to find it and do it. And when we do that, he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've done the will of God for your life. If you're called to preach and you tried to live a good life as a businessman, but you never were an apostle or prophet or a whatever, an evangelist, whatever the case was, and you didn't do it. Well, if that wasn't the particular will that God has called for your life, and he says you will not be able to enter in because you didn't do the will of God. You didn't follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. That's iniquity. We have to find the will of God and work out our own salvation, each individual salvation, what, in the particular will of God that he has for you, and he's given the measure of faith, a metron of faith, exactly according to what he's called you to do to give the ability to do it, to accomplish it. And that is the God life. That is godliness, doing the will of God according to the leading of the Holy Ghost. Iniquity is lawlessness, not listening, and not obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost and obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, fulfilling the will of God in your life, whatever that call is. Abide in the calling wherein you are called and do the will of God. So don't let anybody tell you that any old way will do and you don't have to find the will of God and do it in your life. And the only way you find that is through reading of the word of God and becoming strong in the word of God, word of God being strong in you and overcoming the wicked one, doing the will of God, not a hearer of the word, but a doer. But that is an individual will of God for your individual life, members in particular, and it's ever measure in part, ever measure in part. And that is the verse that I want to emphasize is Ephesians 4, 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted in Jesus by that which ever joint supplies, that is the body of Christ working together to in love, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. What measure? The measure of faith. Whatever God's called each measure in part to do in the members in particular in the body of Christ is only when the body of Christ will come up and do the will of God. It will be the chariots of God and they will not jostle one against another. They will be in perfect harmony. And where the spirit is to go, they, they go. Where well, the spirit of the living creatures is in the wheels. And all the wheels together, and Jesus in the midst of it, it makes but one wheel. It describes the wheels in my hearing, O wheel. There's only one, one body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, 
who's above all, Father of us all and in us all, for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But it is which every measure working, not just talking about it, but an effectual working in the measure of every part. That's members in particular. We must do the will of God, find out what it is for your life, hear the voice of God, and do it. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's God that's working in you, both the willing to do. If you feel a pull and the, and, and the Holy Ghost saying, this is the way, walk you in it, then by all means obey it because God is working in you effectually the power of the Holy Ghost to do His will. And it will always be at peace. You'll be at peace with God, not kicking against the pricks. Well, that's the Word of God for the day of the podcast. I hope it's been a witness to your spirit that it's truth. We must all do the will of God. It's compacted together. And it's a measure in every part, an effectual working. And it's all in love. Faith worketh by love. And it's edifying of itself in love, whichever joint supplies. But it's an effectual working in the measure of every part, members in particular. So let us find the will of God and do it. The Holy Ghost is more witness with your spirit. It's truth, and we'd love to hear from you. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can also give me a call, and we'd love to meet you and work with you in the ministry. The country code is 1 plus. Area code 903-746-4885. Leave a message. I'll be glad to get back to you and look forward to meeting you. You can also message us over the websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Well, we want to thank you for your prayer support and your generous offerings whereby we keep the podcast coming to you over the air. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.